This is Stephen Strang, and I'm out and about on a tour telling people about my new book, God Trump in the 2020 Election. I've done lots and lots of media, hours in fact, and hopefully you've seen it, and hopefully it'll let people know about the urgency of this election. And today I'm going to play on my podcast, after I make some introductory remarks, A very interesting interview I did on the TCT network, which is located in Akron, Ohio. I'd never been on that network, and I flew up there. We actually did three different programs. I'm just going to play one today and then play the others later on. But I got to know Tom Nolan, who was the host. He is also the grandson of the founder of TCT, who is Garth Kuntz, who I've known for many years. Tom is a fine young man who is really a very good interviewer, and I got permission to play you one of the interviews we did in which he asked some questions and I share about the book and why I think it's so important that Donald Trump get reelected in 2020. All right. Well, happy birthday, Mimi. But uh, we have a great program. I'm sure as you're uh, celebrating your birthday, you'll appreciate uh, what we're going to talk about. Brand new book, a follow-up in a uh, series with the founder of Charisma Magazine, Stephen Strang. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you. It's an honor. Yeah. And let me start by saying happy birthday to Tina. I yeah. just have so much uh, respect for you and the way that you and Garth have been an example with a strong marriage that when there's ministry couples, that doesn't happen all the time. And so God bless you and may you have many more years of service. Well, thank you for that. Now, uh, you know, I'm holding in front of me a couple books that I'm sure many of our viewers are familiar with, the God and Donald Trump that we all read and enjoyed as a uh, our president was being elected, and then the follow-up, Trump aftershock. But uh, as we know, we've gone through kind of this first uh, election cycle, and and we're getting ready for the second for 2020. And so you have a brand new book out that addresses everything going on. Uh, It's called God, Trump, and the 2020 Election. Tell us uh, what led you to write this edition well, there of the book. is a story. Yeah. Uh, you know, people would know me from Charisma Magazine, which I started when I was 24 years old, around the same time as your network started. And slowly, by God's grace, over the years, it's grown. And in the 80s, we started publishing books. So I'm a book publisher. I've published over 2,000 books. And mm-hmm. Jonathan Kahn's uh, books are our biggest, of course, but we've had over 13 on the New York Times. Wow. And usually, we get an idea and we'd hire a writer. And we did that in the mid-2000s with the book called The Faith of George W. Bush, which was our first New York Times bestseller. It sold over half a million copies. When this election came around, of course, a lot was at stake. And I was originally a Ted Cruz guy. And I was kind of, you know, I didn't like Donald Trump for the reasons other people don't like him. You know, I yeah. thought he was kind of brash. And, but I began to see what he was really like. And also I began to understand that there were prophets some of whom you would know, Frank Media from your area, was actually the first one who said to me personally, he knew that he knew that he knew that God had raised up Donald Trump, which seemed a little bit crazy to me at the time. <laughs> but there were other, Kim Clement prophesied it, yeah. Chuck Pierce. We documented this on our charismanews.com website, uh, you know, over a period of time. And then we put it in Charisma Magazine. I decided that the stakes were so high in that election 
not just because Donald Trump was running, but because Hillary Clinton was running, yeah. that I had to do everything I could in my sphere of influence to get him elected. So I got an interview with the president. We put him on the cover of Charisma. We published these prophecies. Even though a lot of people in the church don't even really believe in prophecy, or they just kind of roll their eyes and think, you know, somebody's just talking. But that prophecies came true. He was elected in spite of what everybody thought. So after the election, I started reading some books, you know, a couple of books you probably know, and nobody even mentioned the role of evangelical Bible-believing Christians in the election. I said, there's an untold story. So because I was so vitally involved with it, I said, instead of hiring someone, I'm going to hire myself. You know, I'm a writer. I've been a writer my whole life. But it's different writing a book than it is a monthly column right. in Charisma magazine. Or now I have a daily newsletter, of course. But God and Donald Trump was the story of how God raised him up like Cyrus and how the whole thing about his support of Israel and so forth and how he really won over the evangelical community, most of which initially was for Mike Huckabee or Ted Cruz or people who have better credentials, let's say. I, I believe that Donald Trump loves God. I believe that he is a believer as much as he knows, but he's not a theologian. And, you know, people blast him because he doesn't say things like we do. Yeah. But it's like, uh, you know, Jerry Falwell Jr. said we weren't electing a pastor. We were electing a commander-in-chief. And I think that he's done a great job. So Trump aftershock was on what happened, the aftershock after this earthquake of an election, his amazing first two years in office. And now we face another election, this one 10 months before the election, trying to tell the story about what's going on in our culture. I believe the book is as much about God as it is about the election. Because, you know, Donald Trump is only going to be in until 2025 if he gets reelected. Yeah. And these things we're dealing with in our country have been going on for decades. Yeah. And they're going to go on to the future. But at least Donald Trump has helped slow things down. He's been our champion of religious liberty. He's supported Israel, as you well know. And I, I document all this stuff in the book. You know, let me ask this because you mentioned uh, Governor Huckabee, who uh, wrote a foreword for the original book, God and Donald Trump. You mentioned uh, being kind of a Ted Cruz guy and uh, a lot of the charismatic evangelical Christians out there, um, as you said, made a big difference in that first election you know uh i, I forget what the voter turnout among evangelicals was something like over 90 percent uh that helped that election and but you mentioned also that you know trump isn't who we're used to seeing represent christianity you know uh at, at this point you know we've been into his first term for a couple of years and you know, he's still kind of that brash guy. He didn't have that, uh, you know, uh, total change in spirit that maybe uh, some people were thinking. But you mentioned how he's still God's person for the U.S. at this point. So uh, talk a little bit about, you know, why you think it is that uh, he's so important for Christians today. Well, America has been changing yeah. in our lifetime. And the change is faster and faster and faster and you know there's always been evil in the world going all the way back to the beginning of Adam and Eve in the garden of course and there have been other very difficult times in history but basically America has been a Christian country based on Judeo-Christian values even if people didn't necessarily live it yeah 
But the left has become more and more emboldened, especially since the 60s. Things got very crazy under Carter. There was some normalcy, I believe, in the Reagan era. But, you know, after the fall of communism, who would have thought we'd be fighting socialism in our country? (laughs) And the thing is, Barack Obama said that he was going to fundamentally change America, and he did. And Donald Trump is a reaction to that. It was like, this is going too far. And, you know, even the fact that we're talking about Donald Trump the way we are is because we all listen to the news media. The news media blast him on, they oh, blast yeah. him on everything. You know, they. Uh, I was on MSNBC on Easter, believe it or not, and they showed Trump going to church, at, you know, with the, you know, kind of a, uh, how you roll the video. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, he doesn't go to church all the time. What do you think about that? And I said, well, I, when I grew up, you went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and every time the church were open. I think every <laughs> Christian should go to church every time the church doors are open. But he's busy, yeah. and we didn't. You know, we didn't hire him because he's a perfect Christian. Uh, Robert Jeffress told me, and I put it in the book, God Trump, the 2020 election. He said, I voted for someone who would protect my right to be a Christian. And that's how we feel. But do you know what? If he went to church all the time, they'd say that he was neglecting being president and right. spending too much time in church and being too influenced by the religious people and all that kind of stuff. I mean, anything he does, and I document this book, it, I've never seen anything like it. He holds up... In fact, he seems to thrive on it. And, you know, now the impeachment craziness. And I was at the rally uh, last Friday uh, in Miami where they launched the Evangelicals for Trump coalition. Mm-hmm. He didn't even mention the impeachment. <laughs> he didn't mention it. He did mention the anti-Semitism, uh, you know, the attacks. He did mention the church shooting. He barely mentioned the taking out that terrorist general in Iraq. Mm-hmm. It was interesting for me what he, he tended to focus on and not focus on. And I just did, this is on my mind because I just did my, my newsletter about it this morning. But, you know, he talked about the things that are important to Christians, religious yeah. liberty, Israel. You know, he's made promises, he keeps promises. And that crowd was very enthusiastic for him. And uh, it was held at a Hispanic church, El Rey de Jesus, uh, which means King Jesus Ministries. And a lot of Hispanics there and they were enthusiastic for him. But you know what, this isn't so much just another politician, another race. You know, we have a presidential race every four years. We elect senators every six years, you know the drill. This is where is our country going? And the left, the liberals, the anti-God people have taken over academia, the arts, uh, the news media, you know, what they call the seven spheres of influence, Mm -hmm. and government is one of them. Government is pretty important because they make laws and regulations. I mean, look how abortion is now the law of the land. Same-sex marriage is law of the land. I mean, who would have thought? When I was a child, we could not have envisioned that America would do that, and now it's the whole transgender thing, and it's like, it's almost like America rose up and said, enough is enough. Yeah. And a lot of those were Christians, but not everyone, of course, is a Christian. But for evangelical Christians, if we want to be able to continue to worship God and believe the Bible as we see fit, we've got to slow down these government regulations, one of which is called the Johnson Amendment. It was interesting to me that the president actually mentioned this in his speech the other day. Uh, the Johnson Amendment was something that was put on the IRS code of 1954 by Lyndon Johnson who had been attacked by a couple people who started a nonprofit to raise money and get a tax-exempt status 
to oppose him politically, and mm -hmm. he wanted to stop it. It was not controversial at the time, but it was because that was on there, there was always the idea that if anyone became political, actually, if you were very specific, it was if they endorsed candidates. Mm -hmm. You can talk about issues like we are now, as long as an organization doesn't endorse the candidate. But, you know, I own a, a for-profit publishing house. My publishing house can't really endorse anyone. Oh, wow. I mean, it's just companies don't really endorse. Now, yeah. individuals can. But what happened was it put a muzzle on the church. And Donald Trump does not live in this world. He didn't know about it. He was meeting with some pastors, and they were all enthusiastic. And he asked them for their endorsement. And someone said, Miss, uh, well, it was candidate Trump at the time, we can't. And he said, why not? And they told him a little bit about what I told you about. And he, looked, he said he looked out the window from Trump Tower, and he said the people down below, it was so far away, they almost looked like ants. And he said, you mean all those people out there have more rights than you have because they could, you know, they could speak up, they could endorse. He said, that's not right. That, that is a matter of uh, freedom of speech. And so he has done an executive order to tell the IRS not to enforce that. Yeah. But I've studied it enough to know that since 1954, only one ministry has ever gotten in trouble. Really? And some ministries have actually preached sermons and sent the copies of the sermon to the IRS to try to get a lawsuit because they know it would be thrown out by the courts because it's unconstitutional. Yeah. But I mean, this is an example of where when he heard this, immediately he said, that's wrong. Yeah. We need to change it. I've never known any politician, Democrat or Republican, that even thought it was much of an issue. In fact, I think the government likes having churches on kind of a short leash. And what they're doing is they're marginalizing us more and more and more. You know, prayer is not in school. When I was a kid, we prayed before we went to lunch. And they, we would read a Bible story. Now, it was, it was not real spiritual. Yeah. It was probably kind of ritual. But, I mean, all of that is gone. Nowadays, I hear that kids don't even know who Adam and Eve was. I mean, that, I grew up knowing all that yeah. kind of stuff. But I also grew up in the church. But in, in the wider culture, people even sort of understood that. But the church is being more and more marginalized. And I think that the evangelicals who have spoken up for Trump feel that he's become our champion and he's giving us a right. He's giving us boldness to speak up. I want to go back a, a, a little bit. Earlier in the program, you mentioned uh, that it's not just that Donald Trump was running this going back to the, the first election. We know we're getting ready for uh, this 2020 election now that's going to happen in a few months. But you said it wasn't so much about Donald Trump, but about Hillary Clinton running. And so we know that for years, uh, you know, the country was going in a direction that Christians, I think, just couldn't imagine you know you mentioned being a kid not not imagining what the country would become and i think a lot of people stepped up and said hey this isn't right we can't do this we got to vote against this uh and over the past few years trump has done so much to stop that you mentioned the johnson amendment you mentioned the support for israel moving the embassy which was voted on back in the 90s all these things that he, he's done uh and, and you know we live in a fast-paced world short memory a lot of people may not remember a couple years removed how important that was you know talk about the importance of this election now we've had a, a couple years of kind of getting away from that um, but I think people need to remember uh, that we need to stay the course. Well, you asked a very important question. You know, this isn't just about Republican and Democrat. Yeah. 
when I was your age, I was a Democrat. But the Democratic Party moved so far to the left that I had no choice. And we have a binary system. So when it comes down to an election, yeah. there are two people. Yeah. It's going to be one or the other. And I would have been against Bernie Sanders. There's a whole bunch of people. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of question marks about Donald Trump. He'd not been in elective office. He had been a liberal, and then he was a conservative. You know, people didn't know how he'd do foreign policy, a lot of things. Now, he has kept his promises, and I think he surprised everyone. The problem is we knew what Hillary Clinton would do. She called us deplorables, yeah. you know, and I, we could go on and on about Hillary Clinton. This isn't really about her. Now we have a whole new group of people. It seems to change every day. Bloomberg jumped in at the last minute. Castro recently dropped out. In the book, I didn't really address that because, of course, the book is out now and they haven't even had the first Democratic caucus in Iowa. But my feeling was if any of them get in, because there's a certain mindset yeah. and they all seem to agree. I mean... They're all agreeing against President Trump. You know, they're trying to impeach him. He didn't even do anything. And I mean, it is a scary day in America if a party says we have the majority and we're going to make this up as an impeachable offense and impeach the president and vote him out of office. The founders did not mean that at all. No. I think that he'll survive this, but it just shows you how they're in lockstep. The subtitle of the book is, you know, what's at stake for Christians if he loses? First of all, all the things that Trump has done like the executive order on the Johnson Amendment and so forth, out the window. The judges that he appoints are on for life, so that's a gift that keeps yeah. on giving. But you know that pro-abortion, very, very liberal judges are going to be put in. There's a lot at stake, and we have to be vigilant. We have to understand it. And, and this is my attempt to try to help people understand, because we're all influenced by what we see in the news media, which is almost all negative. Mm -hmm. So the first part of the book is that what's at stake? is actually a section. The second section is understanding Donald Trump. He keeps his promises. What's he like as a person? I interview people who knew him. I have a chapter called Trump in his own words. But then the last part is called understanding the spiritual dimension because really the whole thing is spiritual. Almost no one talks about that. Yeah. Even other Christian magazines don't talk about it. They don't talk about it on Christian television that much. But I believe that there is a spiritual dimension. You know, the Bible says we wrestled not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Yeah. And all the stuff that's happening in our country are not just good and bad people, but there's principalities and powers that want to defeat all of us, want to defeat all of humankind. But America has been raised up by God to be a beacon of light. The gospel has gone around the world because of American missionaries. We keep the world safe for democracy, so to speak. All kinds of bad actors would raise up. And I believe that the enemy is attacking America and attacking through this whole political unrest. I wrote a newsletter and did a podcast about the impeachment, the spiritual warfare behind the impeachment. Biggest podcast I've ever done uh -huh. because I think it hit a chord with people. Because yeah. the only way you can explain how bad things are is to explain it in spiritual terms. And, and even in our culture, if somebody does a really bad mass murder, or these anti-Semitic attacks are doing. Even secular people will say, that's demonic, yeah. or that's evil, that's evil personified. And I think in, in a somewhat similar way, the hatred, these people hate Donald Trump, but they also hate everything you and I stand for. Yeah. You know, it's just that they got away with it, they don't pay us any attention, they consider us deplorables. Donald Trump, I believe that God actually raised him up and I think that Christian people need to understand this. We need to not be swayed by the media. I talked to a Democrat in the last 24 hours. Da, 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 he was spouting 
talking points. I thought, don't you ever think for yourself? Yeah. You're saying, well, Donald Trump is against lunch vouchers for poor children. Well, I don't know for sure that that's true. But even if it is, that's a policy issue that can be voted on differently. Right. But yet he's heard that. And in considering Donald Trump, lunch values for children was more important to him than moving the embassy to Jerusalem or having <laughs> judges that will protect yeah. life. I mean, it just shows, it showed to me how we're influenced by people we're around. And I think that we need to think clearly. You know, I was a Ted Cruz guy. I saw the light. I hope other people, I hope, I hope that I make an argument so that people can understand this isn't just about voting Republican. This is very important and we need to support Donald Trump. We need to turn out to the polls. I have a whole chapter in there on the fact that his election, there's no certainty. I call it why Trump might lose. And basically it comes down to apathy and complacency on the part of conservatives who stay home that think, oh, you know, they don't need my vote. But also the other side harvests ballots. There's a lot of corruption. And we have to understand that if we get into a war in the Middle East, that could tip it. And, you know, things are pretty scary over in Iraq. I, I personally back the president's decision to take out this bad guy because I think these people respond better to strength than they do to appeasement. Yeah. But we could discuss that a long time. It's just that there's a lot of things, and this is my effort as a journalist, as a Christian leader, to put them together in an interesting way to help people understand so they can decide for themselves. Well, Stephen, that is awesome. I thank you so much for being on the program and, and sharing so much with us. We're going to have you back on tomorrow and hopefully get into more of this. I, uh, you briefly mentioned it, but I really want to talk about this spiritual warfare aspect of it because I think so many times, and this just isn't with elections or anything, but so many things in our life we kind of just write off as, oh, well, that happened, and uh, we don't really look at the deep, spiritual significance uh, that's happening behind the scenes that, you know, maybe isn't clearly apparent on the surface. I really enjoyed getting to know Tom Nolan and the people at the TCT ministry. I felt good about the interviews, and I hope you enjoyed what I had to say, and I hope that it makes you want to get the book and to share it with others. I really hope that you share it with others, because we want to get out the word, and there's even talking points on you can say to your Democratic friends or maybe some of your Christian friends who have some question marks about Donald Trump, and my analysis would help them to understand really what's at stake. With that, I'll wrap up this edition of my podcast, and thank you for listening. And tune in again on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you.